0: There's something so indescribably sexy about me standing in the middle of a crowd. Uh, this is gonna hurt you a lot more than it will me, I'm happy to say. <laughs> <I don't care. laughs> Moanings are about to get nasty. It's the Mizzy Bender show. Mizzy's Boutique, your alternative adult shop. Looking for a naughty novelty gift? Then look no further. Mizzy'sboutique.com. Subscribe to our mailing list to receive updates on sales and new products. Okay, it's 4:30 and we are going to get started. I'm gonna do a quick intro. My name is Missy Bender. I am a swingers alternative lifestyle adult lifestyle advocate educator, um, influencer, whatever bracket you wanna put me in, I try and boldly speak on behalf of the community. Um, Number one, to share my experiences with you to help you learn and navigate through the lifestyle itself if you are new or if you're just looking for new tips and things like that. I am doing this because we have our own events company, Mindbender Parties, and we host events in Rhode Island. Um, we just had one this past weekend. It was our Winter Wonderland event, and it was fucking phenomenal. So amazing. I also have Mizzy's Boutique, which you can see is my banner behind me. That is our naughty Naughty Boutique. It also has you know, a range of lifestyle stuff. It's like if you're just like a bold individual and you're looking for something that just kind of puts your sass out there, that's what my boutique has. So it's not just like toys and things. It's clothing and bags and ornaments and just all sorts of stuff. Um, and then also I have my own podcast, The Mizzy Bender Show. And The Mizzy Bender Show highlights the journeys of others, our journey, and then educational pieces like this, most of which are community-submitted questions. So the podcast is built by the community, for the community, and a collaboration of comments and stuff, and that's how I built today's show. Today's show is all about if you're new, and you're trying to figure out how you're supposed to have your first date within the lifestyle, what that looks like, what are the compositions, um, You know, some direction and some ideas on how to handle it, I would encourage you to conversate back with me within the message board on the side. You can put your message in there, and I will read it and continue the conversation with you. So although this is primarily about what the first date looks like, You can ask me any question you want and we can conversate about anything having to do with the swingers world if you're looking for advice on something or a notation whatever it may be feel free to contribute it and have the conversation going so with that intro i will get started you know i think that people have a very regimented idea when they come into the lifestyle And you quickly realize that you have to be a little bit more open-minded when you're going into new scenarios. My first thing that I will tell you, don't ever put expectations on a night. So even though you are looking to make plans to have your first lifestyle date, does not mean that it will always end in play. It just means you're going to meet somebody for the first time to feel out what they're like. Do they meet your, you know, in-person vibes? Because sometimes when we correspond with people, people via messenger or, you know, a different online platform, things kind of get misconstrued or personalities don't really come about. Or, you know, if you're a little bit more awkward in real life, maybe your personality comes out a bit more over the social platforms. So by the time you get to that first date, you don't really know what you're working with. And so for me, I think that it is just a matter of taking your time and figuring out what that first date looks like for you. Now, many people have the tendency to book dinners or have drinks or something of the sorts with a hotel lined up. And in that particular moment, it puts a lot of expectations on the night because number one, if you're going to a private interaction, even though it's in a public place, but having a private dinner with somebody new, people have the tendency to think that they have to proceed with the night because they just had dinner. Even if they're not jiving, they still feel the need to proceed to the hotel room because it's booked and that's what was talked about and that's what they think that they need to follow through on. But what happens if your vibe isn't good? What happens if you're not feeling this? Then what do you do? Are you stuck and do you feel like, is there a way out? Of course there's a way out. There's always a way out. And that simply is just by stating, I really enjoyed this dinner. Thank you for being here with me, but I'm just really not feeling the sexual energy between us. And for that, I do think that we need to take this night and, you know, put it to an end. But... My biggest recommendation would be, if you are going to be scheduling a first meeting with somebody, have them come to an event. Have them come to your local club and do a meet and greet per se at the club itself. You know, it gives a lot of different avenues for you to migrate through that night. I would love for you to meet me at this event. The event starts at nine o'clock. If you want to, you know, we can meet in the bar area and grab a drink together and start just like kind of, you know, seeing where things take us. If in that moment and after some time has gone by that you realize there isn't a vibe between you two, the four of you, whatever the composition may be, It gives you the opportunity to be able to kind of branch out and go different ways. Because at the events, there'll be so many more individuals around with the same mindset as you to be able to explore and now take your positioning somewhere else. And so it makes it really easy for both parties involved, all parties involved, to be able to make that exit without it feeling uncomfortable or awkward. And so for me, I personally really like this approach because it really takes out all the expectations and it really minimizes the pressure that we feel on ourselves to be able to have to feel like we have to make it to that end point of that sexual interaction. You know, sometimes it's just not going to work out and it's okay to raise your hand to say it's not going to work out. But when it does work out, well then it's explosive and you just had a really great kind of go at it. So these are some of the things I wanted to talk about as we go through this episode to kind of get an understanding of what your thoughts made what you think a first date should look like is it even called a date? Like what are we what are we talking about when we're trying to meet somebody for the first time or a couple for the first time? So for those of you that are watching, I would love to hear what you do as your first date, what you how you handle it, and let's share with everybody else that's listening and watching what we can do to learn from each other to kind of build on these experiences so with that being said i do have a comment that i'm going to just like take a pause and go read real quick so we have newbie couple saying we have only been on two dates both ended in them trying to pressure us into sex once sex was taken off the table we never heard from them after we clearly say we are looking for friends first Yes, so this is where I find that the expectations of the night really get, you know, solidified in conversations upfront. I would love to learn from you where you where were your dates. Could you explain how you set those dates up? And um, I would then I'm gonna comment further once I hear your feedback on that. So, a lot of times when we emphasize the fact that we are looking for friends first. Many don't understand what that concept is. You know, you have a lot of individuals that are really just looking for that end game of sex, which is totally fine because that's what the swingers world is all about, right? At the end of the day, we're all looking to bang somebody. But at this day and age and the way that the swinging world is kind of changing, more and more you'll see that that behavior is kind of coming, is a little bit in the background and it's more so individuals looking for friends with benefits. They're really looking for like-minded humans to be able to enjoy the company of themselves and others where they can fully be who they are without judgment. And for me, that's what this lifestyle represents. Yes, I'm a swinger. But do I swing every weekend? No, I don't. Am I very selective on who I swing with? Yes, I am. So does that minimize the amount of partners and experiences that I have for the year? Yes, it does. But I'm very strong in my boundaries and accepting the fact that I have certain things that I'm looking for to fulfill my swing behaviors. And if that person's not gonna be able to give it to me, I'm not going to jump in the sack with them, and that's okay. It's okay for you to be very selective. It's okay for you to take your time, and it's okay for you to say no at any point in time. Now, I just want to backtrack to this um, to new, the newbie couple that um, we were talking to earlier, and they said they started on SDC. We moved to group phone messages after we met at a swingers club, So were you happy that you met at the swing club for the simple fact of being able to migrate away from the scenario? Do you think that that was comfortable for you? And do you think that that was the easiest way for you to navigate through this? For me, I personally really like that move because as I mentioned, right when we started, it's the perfect way to kind of migrate out of having that connection and feeling obligated to stay in that moment. You know, when you're at the club, it's easy for you to kind of be like, oh, you know, like I wanna go dance or I wanna go check out the playrooms or just take a tour of the club or my partner and I are gonna go explore over here. Maybe we'll see you in a little while. It gives you so many opportunities for you to be able to branch out And I think that that's important. I think it's important for us to have safe spaces where we don't feel locked in. That's why I don't really recommend booking that hotel room piggybacked To the dinner because when stuff like that happens it does make it seem like it's a very solidified action and many feel more uncomfortable saying this isn't gonna work out and they feel more obligated to continue on to the hotel room when they really necessarily probably shouldn't and so it's really important to set yourself up for success and know what your own boundaries are gonna be and know how strong you are in your voice you know sometimes I feel bad when I say this because I don't really mean that you're not strong in your words or you're not strong in your voice. You very well could be. But in certain circumstances, we get uncomfortable. In certain circumstances, we don't know how to clearly articulate what it is that we're trying to say without hurting somebody's feelings. And in those moments, we as humans have the tendency to kind of suck those emotions in and just go with the flow because we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. But in the swingers lifestyle, you have to have the strongest boundaries and you have to have the strongest words to stand behind you because if you're not going to protect your own safe space, your temple, your body, who is going to protect it for you? And so that's when I mean you have to stand very strong in your words and be able to communicate them without fear and without feeling like you're going to hurt somebody's feelings because not for nothing at the end of the day, not that those person's feelings don't matter. They do, but yours are more important in those moments because you don't want to wake up in the morning and feel regretful for following through with something that you didn't necessarily want to. And so going back to newbie couples, comments. They were very happy with the choice. It was very easy to move around and take a walk to discuss with the spouse. Yes, I love that, right, because when you're in an environment where you can take a break from that initial interaction, it does give you a moment to be able to regroup with your partner, have a check-in. How are you feeling about this? How do you think that the conversation is going? What are your vibes and feelings overall? Having that partner touch base at any event at every single swinger interaction you have is critical. Before you get to the interaction, the event, whatever the the scenario may be, you have the conversation beforehand, you have the conversation in the middle of the event, and then you have a conversation at the end. There are so many different touch points where you should be communicating with your partner to make sure everybody's still on the same page that everybody is feeling good and everybody understands what's happening around us without anybody feeling out of place, uh, insecure, or whatever could be going on. You just want to make sure everybody is aligned and everybody is on the same page at all times because the second that you two break and are not aligned is the second a disaster is going to happen. So I really love the fact that you guys were able to, like, take a break Walk around, have that discussion, and see where you guys landed because some people don't do that. And sometimes the couples themselves, since they're not on the same page, are assuming that their spouse or whatever is ready to make this interaction and they just go with it. And then afterwards, when the conversation happens, then everybody realizes, eh, this wasn't really what I was looking for. And so having the continuous touch points between all of these interactions is something that I encourage all the time. Newbie couple is saying, once sex was taken off the table, they had a chance to go find what they may want with someone else. Yes, that is exactly right, because again, yes, we are swingers and yes, people are looking for that end result. If you're not gonna be the couple to be able to provide that to them, it is really great to put them in a space where they have the opportunity to branch out and meet other individuals to see what will work for them. Again, going back to the online profiles and things like that, I think it's super important to have your profile very clear on what it is that you're looking for now, I'm not saying to have a very lengthy profile by any means because nobody wants to read a fucking book through the profile, but making it super bullet-pointed on what it is that you're looking for. If you are strictly looking for sex with no benefits attached to it, no friendships, slip, you know, simply a transactional sexual experience, you really should articulate that within your profile. If you are a couple or an individual who is looking for that friends with benefits type of thing, that should also be noted within your profile. We really enjoy the company of other people, but it takes us one, two, three times of hanging out before we really get an idea of who you are and if we are really interested in a sexual swap. For me personally, it takes me a very long time for me to determine whether or not I wanna have sex with you or not. A lot of reasons why I'm super conservative in who I bring into my personal space. A lot of it has to do with my business and not having repercussions in a negative way on my business. I have been down that road before and had a really bumpy Uh, on onboarding, I call it, into this swingers world, which is one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about sharing the experiences and sharing more of the downfall moments and the red flag things so you guys can learn and take those mistakes or understandings of what has happened to others to try and not have that happen to you. And so it's really important for everybody to understand that initially getting into this world the expectations of what we think swingers are versus what really happens is completely different, right? Everybody thinks, number one, it's gonna be so easy to go find humans to bang. Maybe it might be, but not necessarily this day and age. This day and age, people are really looking more for that compatibility. And when you're looking for that compatibility, it does take time. It does take a couple of times of being in the company of others to understand who they are as an individual. What do they like? What are their morals like? What are their behaviors? These are some of the things that I look for in somebody that I'm looking to swing with, only because you know I really like down dirty nasty kind of booty. And for me, I need to trust you. For me, I need to know what kind of human you are. I need to know if I'm going to be able to trust your body language, if I'm going to trust you and the words that I say. There's a lot of different factors that go into it aside from just the business aspect of it. And so for me, it's really important for me to watch you because you can speak any words you want, but your actions speak louder than that. And so for me, it's kind of like a conflicting thing, but it does take me some time. So Flirty, um, hold on one second. I did miss the newbie couple. Agreed and thank you. We are learning so much through your podcasts. Oh, I really appreciate that. And I'm so thankful that you are finding learnings from them because that's my biggest mission. So to know that you are finding value in it makes me very happy. I appreciate you following and just being part of it. Flirty BFF Needed. I love that screen name. So, they're saying that this is our biggest boundary, not the first or second time of meeting. So, are you saying that you prefer to bang on the first date, or you're looking for maybe like four or five times of interacting with somebody before you make the solidified decision of, you know, taking it to the sex level? I'd love to know. I'm sorry, I don't understand completely, but I just want to make sure. That I'm grabbing what your, um, your comment is the right way. So Cautious Ones 43. We enjoy having a no-pressure, no sex no expectation casual meet as well. That mindset helps take some of the nervousness away from the initial introductions. We do not expect to play on the first date when meeting someone. Besides, we enjoy the anticipation and the buildup of a naughty friendship. We will interact several times before we go there. I love that. And you're so right. It does take away from the nervousness a bit because there is no end pressure to get to where you're trying to be. It's just a very go with the flow attitude. The one thing that my partner always said to me and you know, stuck with me because I'm, I'm five years new into this. I had no idea that the swinging world was even a real place until I met my now partner, my now fiance, husband. You know, we're getting married. It's a whole joyous thing. But um, when I met him, I didn't really understand the concept. I didn't understand how you separate the emotions from the sex part of it, right? Because you're always taught that you need to be in love and, you know, sex comes from like passionate love and all of this stuff. And so for me, I wasn't able to understand the differences and and how you get to that place. And he always told me, when the stars and moon align, you'll know that you wanna play with somebody and you'll know that the chemistry is there. So I've always let that stick with me that if I didn't get that like, oh my God, you know, fuzzy in my belly and a tingle in my vagina that, you know, it's not for me. And that has worked really well for me because it has taken off all of the pressure. The other thing is I never, ever schedule a play date ever because how do you know that you're going to feel like you want to bang that night? You know, here we are, I could be horny as fuck right now and want to bang our single male friend that we have right now. I can feel that right now. That doesn't mean I'm going to text him and be like, oh, can you come over on Friday night? Because, you know, I'm feeling all like jazzed up. Who the fuck knows if I'm going to feel the same way on Friday night? So I personally just love being in the atmosphere of those around me and have an understanding with all of my play partners that if you know, the stars and moon align that night We're all on the same page. So it's almost like a blanket approval for whatever that night brings. And I won't have a play composition with you unless we can have that composition set up because I'm never gonna schedule sex with you. It's just not gonna happen. So for me, it's just much easier to say, you know what, a group of us are all going to wherever on Friday night, I'd love for you to join us. And if while the night is going on, all that great, sexy, 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 sexy energy is really flowing, you'll know where the night is going to take you. If that's not happening, well, then you know where the night is going to take you also. But at least you were able to be in the environment with those that you like and figure out where it's going to take you. So I find it to be so much easier. As Cautious Ones 43 said, no sex expectations. I love that because it just makes things so much lighter, so much more enjoyable, and you find that you put yourself in a lot less circumstances that you need to try and get yourself out of if you really just follow that rule of thumb of when the stars and moon align. The other thing is, is that I think that people have, I'm, I don't know if interpretation is the right word, but the mindset of because you are a swinger and you classify yourself as a swinger that you are supposed to fuck. And yes, that's true. But you have to remember everybody's scale is different and every human inside is different. So we're not all gonna have the same ideas of what our swinging world looks like, right? And so you can't compare that, you know, Tom's doing this, so I need to do this, or Sally's doing that, so I need to be doing that also. No. Everybody handles this lifestyle so far different, and that's okay. That's why communication, transparency, and honesty is very important when you are migrating through this lifestyle, because you wanna make sure that you're not misleading anybody. You wanna make sure that you're very direct in the sense of, it takes me time to find somebody to play with. I'm not necessarily at that point. Or, you know, these are what my rules and boundaries are. Are you okay with all of these? And are you okay just flowing through this with me? If the answers are yes to all of that, well, then that is a really good play partner for you. If they give you a hard time with your rules and boundaries, they're probably not the person that you want to bring into your sexual experience because it's just going to cause some conflict somewhere down the line because there's either going to be pressure or not understanding or you know some of these other little things from a negative standpoint that really is not necessary in our swinging capacity here now i want to go to some of the community submitted answers that i did receive because you know i've kind of thought out my thoughts here and we had some comments here that we've talked through so i just want to make sure i circle back to what really was submitted And the original question I had asked the community was, when meeting a potential play partner or couple for the first time, what does your ideal first meet look like? Is it dinner, coffee, drinks, a private place, club setting, a public space? There was all these different, you know, locations or ideas. And so this is some of the answers. At an event, preferably a club, We, if we vibe and we're ready, there's a play area. And that's true. That's exactly it. The club provides you the space for you to be able to go and do your shenanigans. It cuts out the cost of the hotel room. Okay, so you have to pay to get into the club. But at least it's a great night out. You're You're in a great environment. And there is that space. You don't have to worry about finding one if you didn't have one lined up already. And so I think that a lot of people really prefer that method. And it they continued on to say if we vibe but are not ready, you still get to be in an exciting and sexual environment to engage. Well, that's it's exactly what I just said. That's funny. And if you don't vibe, you can disperse and interact with others so the night can still continue. And that's exactly it. You don't want to, you know, end the night in a negative way. So at least everybody gets to go off and, you know, party and do their thing in a safe place with other like-minded humans and still enjoy the night, even though things didn't necessarily go the way that you wanted it to between, you know, you all. And then somebody else said that they really like the dinners and drink idea because they feel like that is a no-pressure environment. When you go out in public, you have something scheduled, you meet there, and Maybe you don't have the hotel lined up, maybe you just have the dinner and the drinks lined up and the next phase will come as you're having the conversation. The only downfall with that is, is exactly like we were saying that there's the play space at the club. If you find that the dinner is going really well, then what happens next? Do you invite them to your house? Do you get invited to theirs? You know, is it a hotel room? And then who pays for the hotel room? A lot of people have that question of whose responsibility is it for the payment? You know, for us, I think it really depends on what your morals are as an individual. You know, for us with couples, we share the expense of it. A lot of times, if we're meeting up with a single gentleman, now I've never ever scheduled a date at a hotel, but we do have dinner with our single gentleman a lot and we do do things with him a lot and he has the tendency to always pay for us. Do I think that that's etiquette and that should be a standing rule? I don't think so. I think that it really depends on the circumstances, who it is, what's involved and you know how everybody's feeling. I don't really think that the single men are supposed to pay for everything because they're the single gentleman. I do really honestly think it should be fair game across the board and, you know, everybody equally pay for their way unless something else is discussed. That's just me, and that's just how I feel most comfortable. But historically speaking, our single guy does pay for a lot. But we reciprocate that in other ways, not just sexual favors, but... You know, in other other ways, like he'll come over and we'll just hang out and we'll do dinner here or, you know, like all sorts of different things. So I do feel like somewhere along the lines it does balance out. But at no point in time do we ever say to him, it's your job to pay. It's your responsibility to do that. Never ever. I would feel completely awkward and uncomfortable doing that. Um, but it is a conversation that happens a lot between newcomers in the lifestyle and what the etiquette of that is. So my my take will be just go with what you feel is right and what you feel is comfortable and what you can morally live with at the end of the day. Um, basically. That would be the fair rule for everything having to do with the lifestyle as long as you feel morally good about it and not hurting anybody then you know rock on with your bad self so these are some of the thoughts and ideas about you know the interactions and how you should kind of go about some of the meetings and how the meetings should end some of the other questions that come about when having these interactions are like how how do you behave after the session is over? You know do you guys sit in the bed and do you all snuggle, or does everybody just get up really quick and go wash up and you know all of a sudden go into you know their separate ways and end the evening? Sometimes people feel awkward afterwards and are not sure what they're supposed to do. And I'll say this, if you just got done having sex with somebody, you should really keep it light and fun. If you're done, it's okay to be like, that was so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing this night with us. We'd love to do this again one day. Or, you know, if it wasn't so great, you can still say. Thank you so much. I'm really happy that you were able to spend the time with us, and I do hope that you get home safe. If you wanted to wash up some, you know, feel free to take a shower or whatever it may be. At no point in time should you feel awkward or uncomfortable after that is over. For those that do feel that way, almost makes me wonder whether or not you were ready to participate in that moment. Like, because if it becomes awkward after the sex is over, how did you get there initially? And like, how did that happen? So I get kind of a little bit confused when people feel like it's strange and awkward afterwards. Um, For us, I I can't say that we snuggle, but we certainly are in a four-way intertwining, you know, couple overlap in, in our couple swaps. And also when we're with our single gentleman, I think that I'm pretty much laid between the two of them and there's like a lot of caressing and stuff going on. So our nights usually do end in a more intimate kind of way. So I would just really recommend making sure you keep it light. Don't make it awkward. And if you feel like there is that intensity in the air where you can like cut the air of just weird strangeness, Throw something out there super light. This was great. Thank you for being here. It was amazing. Whatever. And you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, even if it wasn't amazing. (laughs) You could just say something kind and kind of just like, you know, ease out of the evening that way. And if the conversation happens, you know, to continue over social media and you're not feeling it, you can say and politely because you are allowed to express your feelings as long as you're not being a douchebag to say Hey, I really appreciated the night that we had together. It was really great, but I don't think that it really jives for me anymore going forward, but we can still chat and be friends and, you know, keep keep a platonic kind of state of mind. Is that the right word? If it's not, that's okay, but you know what I mean. So, I think that for this topic, that probably is all the thoughts that I really have surrounding it. It is a very basic topic. But it is something that has been asked. So I just wanted to make sure that we covered it and had some ideas and had some points. So for me, if you were going to have any kind of takeaway, make sure you just keep your interactions super light and no expectations at the end of it. So if meeting at a club is for me, the most beneficial way to do it, simply because there's a safe environment around you, there is that play space if you need it, and then there are other humans around if you also need that. So there's a lot of ways to exit it or engage in it. So that will always be my top recommendation for you know introducing a new play partner potentially or what this first date quote unquote looks like because it is the most flexible. You don't wanna put yourself in an environment where it's going to be tough for you to exit if you need to exit. Now, you also need to make sure that you have strategies lined up with your partner. So if something is flowing through the night that is making you uncomfortable, have a safe word. It could be something super basic. It could be some sort of gesture. It could be something, but that's something that you and your partner have aligned on before the night has started to know that either one of you needs an out. So if These are my thoughts and I would like to go back to the audience here. Do you have any comments, questions, thoughts, ideas, anything before I kind of navigate away from here? I will give it a second and I just wanna review my notes to make sure I didn't miss anything that I wanted to talk about. No, because all the comments that were added pretty much were all of my thoughts also. So there isn't anything additional there. And it doesn't look like we have anything really additional here on SDCE either. So with that being said, I am going to conclude this live session. I will be back at the end of February talking about um, what does it take? No, does it take you a while to find your play partner? So now that we've kind of talked about how you get into the actual place situation and stuff like that. We are gonna talk about the length of time, you know, the pressures that are involved with that or their lack thereof. and I do think that that's a really great conversation to have also because it just goes to show the mindsets and variations and different styles of everybody to have an understanding of how long or how little of time period it should take for you to find a play partner. Because the misinterpretation and understanding of humans in the swingers world is so far crazy that I can't wait to bring it back to basics. So until next time you guys, I'll be back. I'll talk to you super soon. The Mizzy Bender Show, where no topic is off-limits. Join the one and only Mizzy Bender as she talks everything sex, curiosities, fantasies, and more. Subscribe to our mailing list to receive the latest event listings and updates.